in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another brand new episode of the Top 10. I am John Roca. And I am Matt Nost. We're uh, happy to have you guys back for another week of us counting down a Top 10 show and Top 10 list. This week, it's in honor of uh, the release of Black Widow. And uh, I hope everybody out there is jazzed to see that, going back to movies itself. So there's where the topic comes from. Um. Speaking of superheroes, did you see the new thing at Disneyland at Avengers Campus or whatever with Spider-Man? Yes, uh, the animatronic or whatever that they have yeah. there. Yes, they it just is. fling into the air and it does a bunch of flips and then mm-hmm. lands off, you know, off screen, so to speak, where you can't see the action. Yep. And then the okay. actor, then an actor takes over and climbs down the walls and has yeah. all that stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, on my other show on my channel, John and Wendy explain the world. Wendy went, Wendy Lee went with her uh, husband, who was part of the movie couple, and they did like a four and a half minute video. We played it. Pretty incredible, Matt. I mean, I, I'm excited to go when I get a chance to go. Sadly, uh, uh, my girlfriend is not a fan of theme parks, so I'll have to figure out how to go with, with Mike or with Shannon or somebody and go hang out and have some fun because I want to see this campus and experience it because it looks pretty badass. Yeah, I'll wait for crowds to die down because I'm not going to end the summer. <laughs> I never go in the summer. I got asked, say, like three years ago, my brother-in-law my mm. uh, lives down in San Diego, mm-hmm. uh, not far from where you're at. Oh, his, okay. his family was coming in. He's like, hey, do you want to meet us at Disney? And I was like, when is it? It was in June or July on a Saturday. And I told him, I was like, look, man, if it's not going to hurt our relationship, I'm going to say no. But if you need me there because I've been to Disney a bunch of times and you haven't and it's to help like navigate and all that stuff then I'll meet you there. And he was like, it's cool. Don't worry about it. And I was like, <laughs> he, cause he said back and he was like, I, I get it. I don't want to be going on a Saturday, this time oh. either, but that's when they're in town. So that's when we're going. It's like, fair enough, man. Have fun with that. Uh, but yeah, I'll go in, I'll go in the uh, late fall at some point and see it. Yeah. I just hope they keep pushing it and really get adventurous with this. Oh yeah. Uh, where would you want to see them go? Well, so there was like a clip of a guy, and we've seen it before, uh, someone standing on a drone. Well, yeah, yeah. So you could bring in like Green Goblin or Hobgoblin and have the animatronic go flying up into and then boom, actor takes over and then Green Goblin comes in and this could really build to something super interesting. Yeah, that's an excellent point. You yeah. can have that, that's for sure. Okay. That's why I'm, I saw I saw a video of it and I was like, oh, I get it. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous at first when you know that's an actor and you oh, can yeah. do the, the office parkour as he's doing <laughs> rolls around stuff. That's all I was thinking in my head is parkour. Hey, he's good at it. He, I couldn't do that. Parkour. <laughs> I want to see the robot get flung in the air. That's why I'm here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Give me I what would, I want. <laughs> yeah, I would take an entire, you, you don't have to ham it up with this other three minutes. Just fling that thing in the air for two minutes. And that's a show. <laughs> That's a, that's that is a show. If it does some routine that you know, 
Uh. <laughs> you program in Simone Biles' skill set. Oh, my does, God. Does Don't like 12 joke. flips and five rotations. It's like, this is amazing. You're like, I, I can't wait. I got to go to this. I got to go to this. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a good start. I think it's fun. Oh, it's yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It looks fascinating as hell. And um, the, the, the food items are incredible. They've got like this massive meatball. That is a beyond meat kind of meatball with pasta there. They've got this huge chocolate bar. They got all kinds of interesting food there. They've got a sandwich that apparently I think is a hundred dollars or six hundred dollars sandwich. And it's like it's for six people. It's massive. So um it's just yeah. dumb. Yeah, well, they're trying to get I guess they're trying to get families. They're like, oh, well, I could just cut the sandwich in six places and, and whatever. So just interesting stuff. But the Spider-Man stuff sounds interesting. I don't mean the animatronic. I also mean like the the uh, experience you have with the little like kind of um, droids there, and you get a bracelet. You can shoot the little Spider-Man uh, droids there and do whatever. So it's oh, okay. pretty cool. Yeah, the bugs cool. or whatever. So yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Bringing more of the-, the Harry Potter stuff into it. Interactive exactly. Environment. Exactly. And then they've got the shows. Like there's a Doctor Strange that comes out and does a show. The uh, Dora Milaje from Black Panther come out and do a show. Captain Marvel comes out and does a show. So there's yeah. like there's stuff to entertain you for sure. Have you ever done any of those shows as an adult? Because I haven't. Well, the Harry Potter show, certainly for two and a half years doing that. And that's a show. We did yeah. the show one on one on 30 every show there in the room for sure. But not but out I'm saying, in the park. No. Yeah. You going as a patron of the park as opposed to some of the works there. Have you ever sat right. down at any of the other Disney shows? Oh, sure. Oh yeah, sure. Of course. Really? I like, I like to do that. And uh, sometimes when I, when I go to universal studios, when I used to live up in LA, I would go when I had a day off. Sometimes I would just go up there and go watch the shows like for two or three hours. Wow. Just, no, just piss away the time because I'm watching performances True. and they're fun. They're fun shows, you know, so that I don't have a negative feeling. Like the Shrek show was great. The, um, Back when they had the Beetlejuice show, that was fun. The Blues yeah. Brothers show was always fun. Um, but yeah, they're 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 a nice way to kind of piss away some time and enjoy some fun performances from actors just like you. So yeah, I got no problem with that. But you don't yeah, you're not a big fan of going to shows. Well, it just I only go once a year for one day. Oh right, so it's, of course. I I'm here for the rides. I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, please don't bother me. I'm here for the rides. Oh, yeah, I'm here for the rides. So it's. <laughs> If I came here like you and I had, I, I don't have, never had the annual pass, although they took that away. Yes. Um, they'll bring it back, but, you know, yes, they, they need yeah. to generate ticket prices right now. It's almost like a YouTube channel or a Patreon now. Like you have to subscribe to be a super fan, and that's how you get access to these tickets. So you have to pay this amount uh, to get access to the kind of preferential mm. treatment that people are getting with those annual passes. So it's really interesting how they've kind of turned that whole thing around. Uh, I think eventually it flips back. You think so? Okay. Well, it just right now they haven't had any money coming into their coffers for right. so long in those parks right. um, that if they just gave it up to annual pass money, well, that's money that's already been paid. Right. And we need money today. Like we need influx of revenue. So mm-hmm. why don't we cut that off for a while? And then eventually when everything settles back down and we need to get the locals coming back again, we go, Hey, <laughs> guess what's coming back. And then we'll see billboards all over Southern California. Yeah. You know, who's badass? you. Cause you're a resident. Why don't you come to Disneyland? <laughs> like, all right. 
I get Come what you're get doing. yourself. Come get yeah. yourself. Eventually they'll go, oh yeah, you know, once those profits begin to dip and everybody's back to their regular life. Yeah. Who knows when that is, but. Well, it seems like we're moving towards there, but the Delta variant thing now is making people a little hesitant. So I know we were kind of going there. Cause dude, I mentioned on the other show, I went to the Padres game for 40,000 plus were there at the game. Nary a mask, Matt. Nary Nobody? a mask. I mean, every once in a while, I'd see uh, someone walking with a mask, usually a Latino mom with her kids, um, and uh, maybe one or two other people that I would see. But everyone else, maskless, proudly so, no social distancing, right on top of each other. None of the attendants behind the counter were wearing masks. That's surprising. Wow, really? I was like, I was shocked to see that in some of the some of the uh, stalls that they weren't wearing masks. So crazy, crazy, man. Yeah, that is. That's been. I haven't seen that. Every business I've been to still has their employees wear their masks. I've been to places where it's. uh, You don't have to wear it if you've been vaccinated. I still wear mine. Right. Yes. So do I. Um, but. I haven't seen it that widespread just yet. Although I haven't been anywhere where there's been 40,000 people, but I can't believe the employees didn't have it on. That's, that's banana times. Yeah. Some, I think it was like, you know, cause there's so many different types of restaurants there. I was really surprised at how much food there is different varieties of food. There is to eat at a fucking ballpark. Like there was lobster there, dude, steak. And I was just like, what the hell is going on? It's a great there? park. Yeah. It's a beautiful it's a park. park. I, I haven't it been is. there in years, Matt years so it was nice to go the hot dogs were fucking juicy dirty excellent the soft pretzel was great so food wise i have nothing but a positive review um overall but people not wearing masks and we had this dude see this like huge dude sitting in front of us coughing the whole fucking time so yeah, I, I never took my mask off the whole time i was there because I was like, yeah that's that. a deal breaker yeah yeah uh, Ugh, it's driving me nuts i know even though we're both vaccinated. It's still. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I don't know if you are at this point. <laughs> I am vaccinated, but I don't know if I'm going to live. Well, I'm not saying you. I'm, I'm sorry. I was thinking of guy coughing. Oh, yeah. Like, right. Come on. <laughs> well, common courtesy here. You have no idea. Even if you are, you're scaring the crap out of somebody around you right now. We're all a little skittish. Yeah. Although San Diego's a little more. Yeah. Let's say libertine with their, <laughs> their rules. I would say red state. <laughs> Red state like it is from Orange County down. It is, yeah, the Republican stronghold of Southern California. There's still liberal pockets, and I and, oh, I, and I appreciate that for sure. When, when and I encounter it, but yeah, they're more liberal Republicans by and large. That's true. That's actually really true. Yeah, yeah you are. know, yeah. I haven't seen hardly any of of the kind of MAGA signs. I haven't seen people get into confrontations. I haven't been in a in a store where someone has walked in, at least in my where I live, where someone's walked in looking to pick a fight. Uh, so, and they're very gracious and they're very nice, everybody. So, I mean, it's it's a nice area where we're at. So, thank God. There's still a dude who yeah. sells Trump shirts, like right by the Taco Bell. Um, uh, but uh, other than that, I haven't seen anything, uh, you know, yeah. kind of crazy or any marches or anything well, like that. So. San Diego, yeah. between the military presence and all the defense contractors, that alone mm. puts a sizable chunk of the population already predisposed. That's true. To having one type of mindset. True. True. Uh, yeah. Not saying I got that no all of that, but no, no. Yeah, no. I mean, I lived there for a long time. San Diego's yeah. great. Yeah. 
You know. It is. There's some weird shit about it, but there's weird shit about every city. Of course. Of course. Of course. It's what you can handle, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, you're still living in San Diego. So, you know, it's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> I've lived I'm other lo- places. Trust me. I, I live oh, there. Yeah. It's, it's a nice place to live. Yeah. I'm loving these L.A. people I see on Twitter now who are like, yeah, get out. Get You don't want to come back. Get out. You left. Get out. I'm like, just calm the fuck down. You know what? Calm the fuck down. You know, I okay, just calm the yeah. fuck down. You know, but population like, wise, L.A. is fine. Yeah. It's not like you're, you're the city on the shining hill over here with all the situations that have been happening in that place for the last no. 20 years, you know, so oh, yeah. well, like, calm the fuck down with pride and all that. So you put this many people in one area. It's not going to be all roses and sunshine. Right. Exactly. Know? Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, so. <laughs> any, any large enough swath of people, there's a lot of, anyway, we well, don't have yeah. to actually get into no, how awful the city is. Just because <laughs> we can do that with. And that's I don't have true. firsthand experience with a whole bunch of cities on this level. So I can't that's really, fair. but I, you fuckers know, you know, <laughs> you LA people know. Well, I'm saying oh. L.A., you, uh, Chicago, you, New York, you. Oh, whoever, yeah, your own Seattle. city. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I don't know your city, but they got their fucking problems, too. Well, so it's why don't true. you back off? <laughs> and guess what, Tacoma? You wish you were L.A. How about that? Take that, Boise. Uh, Matt Nost's opinions are Matt Nost's only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every city's got its problems, some more so than others. True, true. But this true. one's definitely got some some weird, I don't know what to do about problems, but. Yeah, that's not something that I'm going to be remedying. So, yeah, right. Fair point. It's not my job. <laughs> not my job. Not my problem. Um, well, it's, it's my problem, and I <laughs> I can offer constructive criticism, but you got to go through bureaucratic means to get these things accomplished, and I am not part of that machine. So, there are I'll yell from steps. the outside. A lot of steps. Yeah, um, a lot of steps. Matt, are you saying I should run for council or something? No, I, Is that what I you're think, saying? I think you should do whatever your heart tells you to do, man. That's what I think. I'll be part of the Silver Lake Council that has no real authority and just offers up suggestions to L.A. Is it okay if, like, this happens? Guys, can we paint our hydrants? Do you guys give a fuck? Can we, like, you know, do an art project? Anybody care? I mean, you can tell it's a hydrant. All right, cool. (laughs) Uh, Can can we get some more of those uh, angels? Can we get some more of those angels with the multicolor? I think that's about the level of you'd have suggestion of an idea kind of level. Hey, instead of on this area street sweeping on Tuesday, don't you uh, think geographically it makes more sense to do it on Wednesday? It's just a thought. Just a thought. I'm just putting it out there. I'm just putting yeah. it out. Makes more sense. You probably save on gas instead of sending the truck all the way out here for just like one, two random streets. So <laughs> anyway, just an idea. Right. Uh, Matt knows Chris Paul is going to the NBA finals. Spoiler alert. That he is. Um, dude. At this point, long since passed, so. Yeah, he made up for missing that game seven against the Warriors when he was playing for the Rockets. If that if that was the kind of performance he would have pulled out if he had played uh, against the Warriors, there's no way the Rockets didn't go to the finals and possibly win that title that year. You know, oh, he well. was he was old school delivering a whooping to that Clippers team, man. Something Chris Paul doesn't traditionally do. Yeah, I know. That's why so, I was surprised. Uh, once he was in a rhythm, it was like money every time. Do you get it to Chris Paul? Let Dude. him probe the defense and figure out that baseline behind the back. 
I can't believe that's the first time I've ever seen that. It seems so obvious. How has this never happened? Marcus Morris is already playing like he's going to dribble on the curl and Paul stops with his left hand and just turns around. How has that never, I can't believe this is the first time I'm seeing this. It was beautiful. It was beautiful, Matt. I'm telling you, I saw them. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, you got to be shit. How did that work? (laughs) How did that work? That is amazing. Um, just, I, I do think if, I mean, if the Rockets beat the Warriors in that series, they win the championship that year. But Hands they down. very well, Hands. yeah. If Chris Paul doesn't go down, they have a better than excellent chance of winning mm-hmm. that series. Yep. Um, and, and beating Cleveland, no fucking doubt. Yeah, I think no I think they beat Cleveland at that point. Yep. The bigger hurdle was the the Warriors. That team was yep. pretty stacked. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Phoenix is going, and then Giannis is now out. For tonight's game, yeah, as we're recording, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. yeah, we'll see about the others, but thank God it wasn't something just yeah. terrible. So, yeah, good for you, man. <laughs> it was <laughs> you did ACL, PCL, and then the slight chances of MCL and LCL. There's a fourth one I heard. I was like LCL. Yeah. I know What's... the other three, um, and they're all structurally okay, but primarily the ACL and the PCL. Those are the ones that are going to be pinched torn damaged nothing you're like yeah. what are the chances what are the chances what do you do now if you're the clippers man do you keep i don't know it's a great intact? question right no I, mean, I don't think they can because they don't have the money yeah uh because reggie jackson is gone and he's oh my god he's i mean for them. a 180 on my opinion of Reg- reggie jackson yep 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 uh marcus morris even though he did have a good playoffs for some reason i still don't trust even though he came up big a bunch of different times i still don't trust him Whereas Reggie Jackson was like, this dude's got the confidence. He's got it. He's shown it repeatedly night in, night out. This is really impressive. He's getting paid. Somebody's going to give him a lot of money. What Dennis Schroeder thinks he's going to get, which is 25 to 30 million over four years, which you're out of your fucking mind, man. You turn down 84, 85 from the Lakers and nobody's coming close to that. Nobody's coming close to that. Yeah, I'm looking for 100, 120. You can look for whatever the fuck you want to. What you're going to find is a different discussion entirely. But I could see somebody talking themselves into oh. Reggie Jackson for maybe, <laughs> maybe 25. Reggie gets paid, Matt. Reggie gets paid. I don't know yeah. how he does it, but Reggie gets paid. He does. Well, the last one, he was benefited from the cap spike and then John right. Wall being like, why is he making more money? And be like, well, you know damn well why, John. You do. I, I, I understand the point of what you're saying. And we all understand it. We know what you're saying, but you know why he's making more money. It's <laughs> by happenstance. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he'll get another like two, three year deal, oh. 25. It may be higher. Maybe somebody goes to 30 mil a year. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I don't know if he can do it consistently though. Now I want to see it over full season plus playoffs. Oh. Can you do this again? But you came up clutch time and time again. I don't know, man. I just, I just don't. I, yeah, I know. Reggie. I don't know, man. I'm always in the weird place with Reggie. Reggie's like, what's his face that is down in Orlando. Damn, a 48 for when he was down in Orlando. I remember 40, 48 was, was a turnover machine. He would get mm. you points, but he turned over the ball so many times. Reggie, kind of the same way, give you that 25 night point night or 32 point night, but it always came with like those seven to 12 turnovers in combo, and it would just freak you the fuck out looking at that stat line. I think he was one of the reasons the, the Pistons were constantly doing this the whole time uh, two steps forward, one, or one step forward, two steps back all the time, having him as yeah, a point he- guard. And so you're right. He turned it around a little bit with the Clippers, but 
Will he continue that? That's a great point, Matt. Yeah, yeah I don't know, because the biggest problem with him was inconsistency. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't yeah. be able to, even if it's 15 a night and six assists, like give me consistency on this kind of level. Yeah. And through this playoffs, it's like he knew the right times to probe the defense for a drive and try and get in there. He yeah. shot really well from three. Um, was, yeah, just a steady presence out there. That was my biggest problem with the Clippers all year. It's like, I don't trust their guard play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've got all kinds of potential and great guys at other spots, but their guards is like, who are we running out here? And then to see the emergency, you know, someone like Terrence Mann, that's yeah. got to feel great for them. Uh, yeah. But I don't think they can afford Reggie. And that sucks because I think they could run this back. I, I think so too, man. I think you know. I think you keep this whole core. If you can do it, you keep this whole core together, because it it was just. A, I I think you know Paul George said it after game, and he's probably right. I think they win this series if Kawhi Leonard is, or at least get, take it to a game seven if Kawhi Leonard is on the team I, and healthy. I agree with that completely. Yeah. Um, who knows who wins the game seven? But I think absolutely. Um, Paul George is within his rights to believe that they could have won the series for sure because they played him tight without having Kawhi, uh, except for this final game. Pretty much most of the games, or all the games rather, were, were really tight. So that thing oh, yeah, is, they crushed him in one. The Clippers did. Oh right, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that but, game four was it? That, that game four yeah, that, so. that uh, knockdown drag out steel cage match. That could have gone easily the Clippers. Oh, game two, the tip in, that could have easily right. gone to the Clippers. Had Paul George hit his free throws. And I'm not right. blaming him for it, man. He had a great series. He did. Or if Crowder overthrows that pass or yeah. underthrows the pass. Exactly. Yeah, you, you had to be pinpoint perfect with that pass. So PG's performance in game five was nothing short of stellar. Oh my God. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 15 or 16 of 20 from the floor, three of six from three, eight of eight from the line was just everything they needed him to be. It was impressive. I called it on um, game time. I said, I, I, I said, there's no way the Clippers lose in Phoenix. I, I said, they're, go- they're going to win that series. They're going to win that game, rather. And Paul George is probably going to have 40 points. You, you, anybody listening can check the tape. I said that because I think there were so many veterans on that team. They weren't going out like punks to these young kids in Phoenix. Like, there's old, there's that... Oh, you know, you played enough basketball, Matt. You know that old man pride that kicks in when they're playing the, what they consider to be youngsters or youngins, and they play a little bit differently, a little bit smart, a little more smartly. And I, you know, it didn't surprise me at all when they beat Phoenix and Phoenix. I didn't anticipate that they would that Phoenix would return the favor and kind of just smash them in L.A. I thought that would be a much tighter game. So really surprised, but that's what happens when the old man. Real, the oldest man really steps in, Chris Paul, and takes over the game for sure. He was popping threes, dude. The way he used yeah. his body, Matt. This is this is you just take the game tape of this game, and any point guard, if you're a coach, if you're you got young kids to coach, show them this game tape. That is that is excellent, excellent body movement and body usage in basketball. Yeah. Oh, I mean, part of me. Uh, does hope that he gets the championship because then point God will be a fitting nickname for future generations. Agreed. Agreed. Um, That's something they'll actually use because it's really boastful. But when you watch him play, it's like, dude, he's a tactician. He's really, he's excellent. Look at his assist to turnover ratio. The guy does not turn it over. He does slow them down. So I'm glad they pushed the pace, especially in the first half, and it got the other Phoenix guys going. Jay Crowder had a good first half, but they were just yeah. getting, you know, buckets from guys, and it allowed Chris to take over late in game. 
Hopefully Booker's healthy with the nose thing ish, I guess by start of the finals, but they got to be pulling for this thing to go seven to get a little bit more rest. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Uh, it's so funny, whichever way it goes, they're going to be playing a former Clipper, right? If like, uh, or former, uh, yeah, former Clipper, right? Because you've got, um, wasn't PJ Tucker on the Clippers? Oh, maybe I'm wrong on that. My bad. No. Maybe I'm wrong on that. No, but Tucker, if if the Bucks win, then it's Tucker facing the Suns, who we played with for a number of years, and Chris Paul, who we played with at Houston. Um, mm-hmm. I was trying to think. Lou, I thought Lou Will, uh, but that was my mistake. Yeah, well, Lou Will plays yeah, Lou CP3. They, their former Clippers play against each other. I guess yeah, they're former. So if Atlanta yeah. wins, you would have Lou Will. Yeah. Um, in that trade that's really helped them. Yeah. And Capella, it, right? So former rocket. Yeah. Yeah. Former rocket against the uh, CP three. Yeah. So uh, what's your feeling? You think uh bucks still win this one? I I don't know. I need to see yeah. tonight. Yeah. Before yeah. I, cause everything has now changed. Uh, if Chris Middleton can, can just like win them one and somehow Giannis is back by game seven, yeah. bucks could win this. But if Giannis is going to be out the whole time, it's asking a hell of a lot. Uh, cause they have more firepower than the bucks do. The bucks have the best chess piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now Atlanta can shoot them out of the building. So that's a good point. if they can hold on and win tonight, Middleton has an amazing game and then the pressure is on Atlanta and they can give Giannis one more game and he somehow miraculously comes back. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That's why I got to watch tonight see what the hell happens. Understood. Understood. Uh, all right. Well, special, no, I, I, I have no way. I have no concept on the series now. I thought the Bucks when they won that game in Atlanta, had basically taken over the series. But when they came back and lost to Atlanta in Atlanta without, I mean, sorry, in Milwaukee without Trey Young, I was shocked out of my fucking mind. So now I don't know what happens here. Now I don't mm-hmm. know what happens here. So, um, because what? They're in Milwaukee tonight, right? Or are they in Atlanta tonight? Uh, game five is in Milwaukee. Milwaukee, right. Yeah, exactly. So, game six, Atlanta. Game seven, Milwaukee. So, yeah. yeah. Win tonight at home for Milwaukee. They control their fate. Obviously, Atlanta, the inverse of that. But I think the pressure is on Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know how you lose to that team without Trey Young. I don't know how the fuck you lose to that team. That's <sighs> so when people try they to get outshot. Me. Their offense looks stagnant when nobody's hitting threes. Then the defense was allowed to collapse down into the lane, and suddenly Giannis can't do shit. And right, that's how it happened. It's just like their offense went stagnant. They hit a couple of those threes. Suddenly, you can't bury all those dudes in the paint. That's why you can't pitch me either of these guys as a superstar. I'm just I just don't hundred percent agree with that. Star, yes. Superstar, no. I, I don't think Giannis is a superstar. This was a perfect opportunity to take over this game and take over this series and deliver a monster performance. And he was barely making shots going into the third quarter when he got injured. Middleton, too. Everyone was crowing. You know, Kendrick Perkins. Middleton is the Batman. Batman shows up every fucking night to fight crime. Middleton shows up maybe two or three times a week out of the seven days. Yeah. If you say that's the frustrating part of this team is you just never know uh, if they're going to show up or not. Yeah. So I, I think the Suns are going to, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a seven game series if they win, but I, I think the Suns will eventually take them. I, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Who knows? I don't know because I can make a lot of different cases in my head as yeah, to which way it goes. It's true. It's true. And I need to see tonight before I start because everything's changed. Yeah. We don't know how much, but it's like it's impossible. The knee jerk reaction is Atlanta wins tonight. 
just done. And then at that point, it's just like, well, if Giannis isn't coming back next game, then we have to assume Atlanta's going to win again. And I'd like to see if that snap decision is still accurate. I'm hoping it's not. I'm pulling for Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really care if Atlanta makes it. Fantastic. Awesome. Happy for you guys. I'm not rooting against you, but I'm pulling. Right. Milwaukee's been so close. Yeah. And Atlanta, like you just got here and the team is super young. You could easily be back here next year or the year after. Right. Right. Milwaukee's is like, they got this season. They got next season. Maybe right. the season after that to really, although Giannis is only 26, but still. Yeah. And you'd like to see Budenholzer get a shot at the finals. That's a, that's a good coach, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes and no, it seems right. from the outside looking in. Yes and yeah. no. Okay. He doesn't make adjustments. This year's the first year where he's really let Giannis play as long as he needs Giannis out there, which I can't believe it took this many fucking playoff series to do what every other coach does where, yeah. you know what, Giannis, I need 40 from you tonight. Just like, we need this game. Yeah. And that's every game. So go fucking play. But yeah, jazz for tonight. I'm sure you are as well. Me too. Yeah. Looking forward to it for sure. Um, anyway, but that's not the show we're doing. We're show, we're doing the top 10 here and we're doing the top 10 Cold War action movies. Matt, you want to tell them how the show works, please? Once we set a topic, we go our individual ways and create personal top 10 lists. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top 10 list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Uh, and when we do that list at the end, we got a special surprise. So just letting you all know. Uh, all right, Matt, what do you got at number 10? We do? Yeah. Do you want to text me? I am drawing an <laughs> utter and complete blank or put it in the private chat. I don't know. My mind just went completely anyway. So I'll go ahead and start. Um, go ahead. So it's a rather, oh, okay. I don't, I didn't know about that. Yeah. I, I just thought of it. Right I now. apologize. I shouldn't have ruined it. Well, it's a surprise to me as well. I can't wait. We're all, we're in for it. Just so you know, strap in, strap, strap in. in. My apologies. <laughs> no, it's all right. Let's go. What's your what's so, turn? I wanted to only do one per franchise. Oh, okay. Because there are a, a few different franchises where you could take two from if you wanted to. Really? Okay. Um, yeah, there's three that I can think of. Cold War Cold War action films. Correct. Okay. okay. All right. Um, three that I can think of. So by doing that, it's like, all right, so my, my 10, there's like five movies that kind of work and don't. Right. Okay. So my 10, I put in, because I, as good a reason, I guess, as any of the other five, I put in K-19, The Widowmaker. But it's, Ooh, yeah. it deals with the real world, and it's an actual, it's a true story where a nuclear sub uh, was one of the new Russian nuclear subs, and the right. reactor goes into meltdown, but the Americans can't find out about this, so they have to fix the reactor to right. protect the secret of K-19. And but the thing is, it's not very action-y. There's the tension of an action film, and it's a true story. Happens on, or it's based on a true story. Happens on an actual sub. So because of the real-world elements of it, yeah, that's why it makes my list. But if if you want to harangue me on the definition of action film, you're 100% right. No, no. I think these are, the, these are our personal choices. That's what separates us from everyone else, man. We do our own personal choices here of what we consider to be a yeah. Cold War film and what we consider to be an action film. So... Yeah, if you think there's enough action for it to qualify for you, then then it, it's, it qualifies. So yeah. The thing is, I can give you at the end of the show the other like four movies up against. Yeah, yeah, fair. Be like, okay, well, this one technically has more action, but it's a completely farcical idea. Yeah, and sometimes like, well, it, 
the film still has action, Matt, even if you're not running around all the time. You know what I'm saying? True. So, True. Yeah. The tension of it. Yeah. But I mean, that's the gist of the movie. You get to see Harrison Ford do a really terrible Russian accent. It's <laughs> I fantastic. Know I know. I don't know either. Uh, Liam Neeson and then a whole bunch of other actors. Well, uh, is it Bon Jovi in this one? Or no? Am I no, wrong that's U571. Oh, my U571. Sorry, my bad. No, this one's got the guy that plays, uh, is it Brainiac in Green Lantern? You know that actor? Uh, uh, one of the, it's not a Skarsgård. Oh, Peter Skarsgård? The younger guy? No, yeah. Yeah, oh, or no. okay. Uh, but it's not part of the family. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. right. The- Skarsgård, yeah. Instead of Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Peter Sarsgaard. I'm trying to remember who else is in this. Because it's got, obviously, it's a sub. Yeah. So there's like a, you know, 16 guy cast. I think Bunch Bigelow of you don't know this. I didn't. Didn't Bigelow direct this one? Did she? Catherine Bigelow directed this? Hold on. Let's see. I don't know. I'll look it up. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Copy. I feel like she did. And then paste. She did. Certain. Yes. Catherine Bigelow. Yep. She nice pull. Yeah. That so may good. actually come up in the Schmodown. May it may come up. You never know. We've certainly yeah. been prepared for it to come up. Uh yeah, Peter Sarsgaard, you're right. Yeah, he's in this Harrison Ford. Mr. Diplomatic Immunity. Just Ackland is in this thing. Ravel uh, Isyanov. I've seen him in other stuff. I did. <laughs> That's right. Uh and then a bunch of Russian people. Wow. Okay. Yeah, just a ton. I- Not a lot of Name talent behind, other than the ones you said. Am I wrong? I don't see Liam Neeson on the list. Is he on this? Is he in this one? Hold yes. On. Okay. The, oh, there he is. What are you Sorry, on? there he IMDb? is. IMDb? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there he is. Sorry, he's mixed in amongst the Russians. My apologies. There he is. I don't know why, because he's co-lead of this. I know, it's a weird listing. If you're on IMDb, the fourth picture listed is uh, of the little slideshow is Liam Neeson. Yeah. When you go to the full, when you go to the full cast, Harrison doesn't show up till like the twentieth name, so it's really funny. Yeah, well, he, I guess within its order of appearance. Perhaps. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because um, I know that he gets brought in later to take over the captainship yeah. from Liam Neeson. Uh, when all the men feel like they're Liam Neeson's crew, so they don't really want to view Harrison Ford as oh. the actual captain, and then a mutiny arises. Uh, amongst the crew against Ford, okay. Neeson sides with Ford. Okay. Uh, against his sense. own men, because he's like, no, you may not. Basically, you can question his motives. You don't like him, but he hasn't done anything to be removed from his captainship. So you guys are being right. mutinous right now. Right. Uh, but, it's a, you know, a reactor goes down and whatnot, and they just do everything they can to save that and save the secret for Mother Russia. So they go. All right, I gotta watch that movie one day. I haven't heard good. I haven't heard the it's, best things. It's got some mixed reviews, but I'll have it to is. It's mixed. But if yeah. you like sub movies, which I know you do, yes, I do. Then it already has like the uh, you've got my interest already. Yeah, and um, I like Harrison Ford. So and Liam Neeson. So there yeah, you go. it's um, a terrible accent. It's so bad. <laughs> I mean. Sean didn't even bother. So I don't know why uh, uh, Harrison bothered. You know, Sean didn't even have to do it. He's like, fuck you. Yeah. Edinburgh. Fuck you. Um, all right. What's your nine? Uh, my nine is Rambo three. 
Oh, three. Okay. I, I'm yes. going to. Uh, all right. Go ahead. Do you want to say a punt? And we'll, yeah. We can get to, we can talk to both Rambos yes. whenever we get yes. to your. Yes. Sounds good. What yes, I'm assuming right. is another numbered title. Yes, it is. Uh, punt sounds good. All right. What's your eight? Right. Eight is Red Heat. Dude, that's the, for 10. I did not know that was ridiculous. Yes. It's got action for days. It is the quintessential action movie. That's why it's at eight. Is it a good movie? Well, you really need to like Belushi and Schwarzenegger because it's kind of a a vanilla yogurt action movie. Yeah. But But at that time, I had a soft spot for Belushi, and I've always liked Schwarzenegger just like you and every other guy our age. Yep, yep. Uh, But Belushi, between this and the principal and – uh, Mr. Destiny and a couple others. I liked Belushi. He had a little bit of a run around this time. You're absolutely small right. run. Yeah, this yeah. was like the front end ish of it. Yeah, to me in my head, memory serves. About last night was around this time too. So he okay. had this little bit of a mini run. You're right about that, dude. Yeah, the build up to that was like man with one red shoe. He's getting smaller parts in oh, slightly right. bigger movies. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then eventually he's got to do this. So it's a uh, drug dealer from some Eastern Bloc country kills. Schwarzenegger's partner? I know he kills another cop. Yes, anyway, flees, yes. flees to America, to Chicago. I think it's Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and Belushi is a cop there. And it's this cross-agency. I'm here to hunt down this guy. And I'm, okay, I'm your minder. I'm your keeper <laughs> while you're in town. In between the two of them. I always remember the watch scene at the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah when Schwarzenegger hands him his, like, oh, it's a custom in my country and he hands it over and Belushi's got like a really nice watch and Schwarzenegger has this just whatever what they what do they get to a soldier policeman type guy it's part of his yeah. uniform mm-hmm. and they'll look on Belushi's face and be like I just got scammed so hard <laughs> <laughs> it's got moments is it a great film no but it's a lot of fun if you like action films from the early mid 80s yeah and, and that's they're both charming in the film, in their characters, yeah. right? With this kind of buddy cop situation. And I, the trailer is great to listen to. If you have never seen the trailer, just listen to the, the old school 80 guy. I think it's Don LaFontaine doing it. He's from Russia. He's from America. Can they get along? It's very funny. And Schwarzenegger doing, you know, a, a version of a Russian accent himself. But he's so big at this time still. He's got a hair, the way it's cropped is just perfect. Yeah. For me, what sticks out is the scene where he fights the dudes in the um, spa and they oh, go out in the into beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then he's out in the snow afterwards. Oh You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on here, man? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a great scene. Like this old Turkish bath type of, but it's Roman. Yep. Or not Roman, pardon me, Russian. <laughs> uh, it looks like something from the old, old world just carried over. And don't, don't yeah. discount it. Walter Hill directed this, who did what, 48 hours and warriors mm-hmm. and a number of other things so you don't discount this film it's actually a nice time capsule of an 80s film to go back and watch you know, some people probably yeah. consider it a guilty pleasure but it's not a bad film in the schwarzenegger resume i would say it's fun yeah and he's uh, all right so that was my eight your ten what do you got okay. at nine uh so then my nine is uh the package which is another 1980s film mm-hmm. that a lot I of have people not seen don't- that yeah, a lot of people don't talk about this one. Uh, it's Gene Hackman and Tommy Lee Jones. And he is okay. tracking him down because he's got he's a kind of a killer. And he's supposed to be uh, 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 taking out certain people. And he's got to stop them. He's a Green Beret. 
uh, Gene Hackman is. Uh, And he's escorting this guy, Thomas Boyette, who's an airborne ranger. uh, And he escapes. He's got to catch him because he's in. He's going to assassinate uh, these Russians, these premier Russians. So it becomes this chase uh, where he's chasing all through. I can't remember if it's Chicago or what city it's in, but he's chasing all through this to try to capture him back Hmm. uh, because he has a, a, you know, he's, you know, obviously he's considered the package because he's being transported, but he's got all this stuff going on too. It's a very early Tommy Lee Jones uh, Hackman when he was kind of like doing Uncommon Valor and all these kind of films. And it's directed by Andrew Davis who would do the fugitive and under siege in the future in his career so that's that's uh and joanna cassidy's in this one too as well which uh, people with blade runner know her and from other films as well so it's an interesting little film uh overall yeah yeah getting i don't even remember like the trailer really I don't remember it existing wow. no nah, nothing what okay. year did it come out 1980 what 89 so right around the same time as red heat yeah i would have seen it yeah if it was in my wheelhouse yeah. uh yeah well, maybe we have to go check that one out. All right, the yeah. package with yeah, Gene Hackman it, and Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, it's set during the Cold War, and it's these uh, U.S. and Soviet uh, discussions about a disarmament treaty to completely eliminate nuclear weapons, um, and uh, uh, people within the military of both uh, the Soviet Union and the United States don't want this to happen. So mm-hmm. they hire these kinds of fringe assassins to kill the people who are going to sign the treaty. So that's what Tommy Lee Jones is. He, he escapes to do carry out this mission and, and uh, uh, Hackman's got to track him down and stop him before he does it. Okay. It's pretty fucking good. Dennis Francis in it too. Uh, it's set in Chicago as well, just like uh red heat is. So Chicago was the base for a lot of things, man. Yeah. It became the urban environment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. What it's do you got at eight? Okay, so that was uh, my nine. So my eight is uh, Atomic Blonde. Is that a oh, that's a pun. Okay, that is a pun. All right, what's your uh, seven? My seven. Um, there's a reason it's seven, but okay. Top Gun. <laughs> is that a punt or is that not on your list? Yeah, yeah, that's a punt. Of course, that's a punt. Okay, what's wrong with you? <laughs> there's a reason. Anyway, so that's my seven. Okay. What's your uh, what's your uh, uh, six then? My six is uh, the Bond uh, movie, The Living Daylights, with Timothy Dalton. Oh, nice choice! Didn't put it on my list. Nice okay. choice, man. All right, so you could choose a lot of. Of others. course, I elevated this over some of the others. Like there's a, some of the Conneries, but yeah, from Russia with love. The Russians are used, but Spectre is actually in control. Mm-hmm. So since we said Cold War, I was like, I'm trying to. So Living Daylights is it's a Russian spy. Yep. And they also go to Afghanistan. They tie in the Afghan conflict. And uh, I believe that's where I learned the word Mujahideen. Yes. Uh, could have been the first time I may have heard that. Uh, <laughs> but it's got all the all the espionage. I love the Tim Dalton ones because I saw them in the theaters as a kid. So I was blown away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they still hold a soft spot in my heart. The. Um, this one is the lesser of the two to yeah. me, but I still enjoy it thoroughly. The cello case ride down the side of the mountain on the snow to kind of update the snow scene. Yeah. Uh, Cause I've never seen that from the Roger Moore era. Uh, and I don't know. I just like the, the overall 
they they keep changing. So they go from the snow and then they're out to like a desert, almost uh, kind of climate, right. a desert, arid, mountainy area uh, yeah. later on in the film. And they're also in Austria. Uh, I think that's where they meet the yeah. cellist, the girl that's the mistress of the dude who is defecting, but technically he's not defecting. I think it's a double cross because he wants to get drugs from yeah. the area that the Mujahideen controls, but then tries to, I think, renege on the deal. It's been a while since I've seen it. So the Mujahideen teams up with Bond to turn on the Ruskies. And uh, it's America and Afghanistan coming together. Pardon me, England and NATO kind of joining with Afghanistan saying we can take down the Russians together through movie propaganda in the form of a James Bond film. And I think it's a lot of fun. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, uh, Miriam Diabo is the uh, violinist. Couldn't have told you her name. (laughs) You put a gun to my head. Never in a million years. I couldn't think. What else has she been in? Oh, man. Um, all right. Hold on. <laughs> Let's take a look. Uh, yeah, Living Daylights was kind of a big deal for her. Yeah, not really much, my man. A Red Shoes Diaries uh, episode. So oh. clearly. Cl- tropical Heat. Hello. Uh, um, wow. What'd you do so Red one- Shoes yeah, right. You can't really climb out unless you're what's his face, uh, David Duchovny, I guess. Oh, I didn't know he got to start on that stuff. Oh yeah, he was the host. He was the one that would read the letters. That was him. Uh, I just and, seen clips. I've never actually watched an entire show. Oh, I've seen like sure. vignettes. Sure, Matt. Sure. I I, I was a like a kid wink, when that wink. came out, and we didn't have what was that on Cinemax Showtime? I think Cinemax. Yeah, we had HBO. <laughs> Oh, I yeah. knew it existed. I've never seen a full episode. <laughs> okay. All right. Listen, I could tell you other things. That <laughs> I did the cliche thing of sometimes you could find a channel that would unscramble. Oh, yeah. For a second and a half, yeah. two seconds. So if you knew where the movie was and potentially where specific scenes were, yeah. you could time it. Yes, I have done that. If you timed it correctly. Uh-huh. You might um, just catch a nipple. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, she's cousins with Olivia Diabo, who uh, I think she's the queen. She's the queen in the Three Musketeers. Is that right or is that wrong? Wow. She always reminded me kind of the sister from Wonder Years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shame what happened to her. That's for sure. Um, Yeah. Okay. So maybe not. I, no, maybe I hated not. the Wonder Years. Oh, yeah. It wasn't my. It's why I don't watch the Goldbergs because I'm like, uh I don't, you know, uh, I, I, I kind of lived through it. So I'm kind of good. I'm kind of good. Okay. So, well, in your years, yeah, we obviously didn't live through, but I just, no, no, I never understood yeah. why that show was so fucking popular. Yeah. Wasn't, um, wasn't a Kevin guy for sure. Oh, uh, just <laughs> people are throwing things. Did not seem them. like somebody I wanted to hang out with. So why do I want to watch a TV show of them? People are throwing things at us right now. <laughs> I trust me, I got friends. This is my distillation of the entire show. This is why I don't like it. Yeah. Paul. That's that's the entire summation of the show in my head is him whining at Paul, his best and only friend. Paul. His millhouse. No, this is a millhouse, yeah. Yeah, he is his millhouse. Yes. Ah, <laughs> um, oh, so true. So true. Um anyway, so that's right. my sixth. All right, good choice, my man. Um I like Living Daylights too. I got a soft spot for that one as well. Also saw it in the theaters. I was I like Timothy Dalton. I thought he was a damn good Bond. I think the, the no, no, films no. let him down, but I thought he was a damn good Bond. Um, yeah. all right, so the my number seven is Crimson Tide. Uh, 
It happens after the Cold War. I thought it was during the Cold War. It's post-Soviet. It's post-Soviet oh. Russia. So it's all these destabilized countries now. But I thought they- about it too, and then I went and looked it up, and I was like, "Nah, Crimson Tide doesn't count." Really? Okay. I mean, it's basically it's the after effects of Cold War. So I'd give you that and say it makes it for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought it was launching the, the missiles at Russia. Is he not launching the missiles at Russia? Uh, it may be, but it's not Soviet Russia. It's the democratic. Oh, good point. Version. Good. So it's no longer technically the Cold War. Yeah. I believe it. Soviet Russia civil war erupts as a result of the ongoing conflict in Chechnya. So it's, yeah, so then it's destabilized okay. Eastern Bloc countries. All right. Then I'll move my, uh, uh, t- uh, move my one that I'd cut off from my list up then a uh, red dawn. Uh, is now yeah. my number 10, is now my number Good 10. Name. So instead, that's fair. That's fair. So Red Dawn is now my number 10. Red Heat moves up to nine. Package eight, Atomic Blonde seven. So Red Dawn. Um, and, you know, everybody knows Red Dawn. Soviet Union, bunch of kids, gets taken over. It's not the greatest 80s film, but there's it a nostalgia sucks. for me to see it these sucks. young kids. All right, all right. It sucks. I didn't like these. it as a kid. I don't like it now. And I like a lot of those actors, but sure. I'm happy that you have something you enjoy. Yeah, I, I liked it. I, I, I still go back and watch it every once in a while. It's nice. But I had to cut it for the same reason you just said. It doesn't hold up that well when you rewatch it. It's more nostalgia. Oh, it cheesy. Yeah, it kind of does, but the nostalgia of it still holds true. And they remade the movie. Yeah, they they did so, remake it, so that's a sign of there is a fan base there for yeah, it. There is a fan base for it. So, but yeah, young Swayze, young Sheen, I think Jennifer Grey, uh, all of them involved in the situation where the Russians land in America, take over America, and what Americans would do to fight back against the Russians and these uh, uh, kids who are Wolverines, these are the kids that take over, the high school kids that kind of have to fight back. And, of course, their dads get taken in and are in camp. And you get that really touching scene. I think Harry Dean Stanton is the dad uh, when he's talking to his kids about what they need to do and that they can't break him out of prison, that they got to fight for themselves. So there's a, there's a lot of emotion. I'm just going to put it out there. All right. Anyway, that uh, was my 10. So then my seven is Atomic Blonde. My six now, is that what we're up to? Uh, yeah. Rocky Four. See, okay. Does it count as an action film? That's action. There's all kinds of fights. All kinds of working out, montages, and then a big 15-round fight. That's action. If it counts as action, then this is a punt, and I will drop off Widowmaker from my list. Okay. All right. I count it as action because also, remember, he's running away from the Russian. Uh, yeah. That's action. He's running away. Okay, trying to okay. yeah, listen, listen, I, I went back and forth and I was like, I can't. It's it's a hybridized sports film, but it's still a sports film. There's action okay. in sports. Look, there is action in sports. I mean, the, I'm the, not going to. Yeah, the sports cast was always saying, let's take a look at the action. Let's look at the action. All right. Yeah. Well, I, I adjusted my list accordingly. So okay. now. <laughs> That's a punt. Well, now I'm number five, uh, six then. Oh, it is six uh, for you as well? Okay. Right. No, 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 because I'm bumping it into my top five. Okay, so then it's a punt. All right, go yeah, ahead. When, when we take our break. So we oh, already did right. my, uh, we'll come back to it. Uh, I'll, I'll update my list at that point. So now my number six is X-Men First Class. Oh, that's all you. You knock yourself out with that movie. Um, you didn't talk like about, it at all? Talk about sucks, man. Yeah, I did not. The Days of Future Past is such a better, better film. X-Men First Class. If I don't buy your villain and your villain and I love Kevin Bacon. He is completely miscast as a villain here. 
And and uh, January Jones makes it even okay, worse. Okay, well, we can't. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. We can't bring her into it. She gives nothing. She's in it. You got to bring her into it. Oh, I, I know. I agree. Yeah. But I think Oof. because they got Xavier and McNito, Magneto, rather, so right, that it I did. really love right. it did. You're right. the movie for that. And it ties in with the Cuban Missile Crisis, mm-hmm. so the height of Cold War tension between Russia, Cuba, and us. Right. Um, so that's why, but now I, I think that's the best representation of Magneto is the Fassbender mm. version. I love Ian McKellen in it. Yeah, yeah. But like seeing him come to grips with his power and hunting those Nazis down in South America. Yeah. It's like there's a side of Magneto. We, I mean, we got the same, uh, in essence, introduction to the mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. And I, it's getting to the point where it's like Batman. We've we've seen it a couple of times now. We don't really need to see this again. We know who Magneto is as a general populace. Right. Um, but who knows? If they reboot it, they'll probably do it again. Uh, but I like the introduction of those two now. A lot of the kids, I, re- I, I agree. I could get, get rid of entirely. Yeah. Uh, most of them, in fact. Uh, Banshee, uh, Evel, uh, Darwin. Mm-hmm. The guy that can keep changing to whatever the situation, uh, Cyclops' older brother. Right. Um, like, I could take or leave. I don't really care about any of those. I do like Hank. Uh, yeah, Nicholas Holt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I do like Mystique. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Magneto. I love Xavier. And oh, I also okay. love FBI agent. Uh, uh, oh, son of a gun. She's been in a million things. She flip flops oh, oh, between drama and comedy. Rose, Rose Byrne. Byrne, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moira McTaggart. Um, and I kind of liked Bacon. I didn't hate okay. him. All right. I didn't say I hated him. I said it was miscast. That's all. But perhaps, but at the same time, I'll take him over Apocalypse. <laughs> That's a thousand percent. You'll get and no argument for me on that. Apocalypse, I mean, it's tough to make a Kevin Bacon figure because he doesn't really he's not doesn't look much of a mutant. Whereas yeah. Apocalypse, I'm sure they sold a decent number of. Um, so toy sales wise, I bet you Apocalypse wins. But that being said, that movie is beyond atrocious. <laughs> uh, I do. I, I like that. Days of Future Past is far superior. Yes, it is. It is such a but good fucking movie. Because this ties in Cuban Missile Crisis is why it's like, well, I'll put this one on my list because Future Past still happens within the time frame of the Cold War. Yeah. And it's a general concern of spies and espionage whatnot with somebody like mystique uh or mutants in general but this one dealt more with cold war that's why it makes it on my six but anyway that is my six okay all right i'm not gonna you know but obviously like we said you you're we all make our choices on these things and that's that i I just it doesn't work for me so i I, but i totally respect it so anyway let's oh so that's our bottom five six through tens there but let's take a quick break matt and hear from ourselves uh pitching some things here uh for our sponsors all right, and we're back uh, here to keep going with the list. We're up to Matt Nost's number five here on the top 10 Cold War action films. Take it away. Uh, my number five is The Watchmen. Yes, great choice. That's my four. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say, oh, I didn't include it for no, no. I, a specific I, I, reason. I, I thought I was going to have to fight you for it. So well, fair enough. I it all happens. It's an alternate timeline. I yes. really wish Red Sun would have counted, but it never got a theatrical release because that's a really right. interesting yeah. Cold War superhero film. Um, 
not to say Watchmen isn't, but it's a very unique premise, which is neither here nor there. But Watchmen is alternate timeline of, you know, the overall um, Ozymandias or Ozymandias's plan is to unify the world in peace by finding a common enemy. Yeah. Uh, and it, it works. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yes. So because of that's the overall construct, it's like, well, it clearly counts. It's just, it's, it's cold war. Any of these, if we're going to base this on black widow, well, it's not like black widow actually happened. So right. There's absolutely right, right. nothing wrong with creating a storyline that is alternate timeline, ultimate, you know, universe type of thing. Totally. Uh, and it's a, it's a damn good film. You got to yeah. watch the director cut, the extended cut, whatever it's yes. called. Um, I can't echo uh, more forcefully everything Matt just said. He's absolutely right. The director's cut is the better one to watch. This is absolutely a Cold War film, which is based on the Cold War graphic novel Watchmen that is there for you to read for those of you young ones that haven't read it. And it all deals with this idea of the Soviet Union and America stockpiling these nuclear weapons to a point where they have to use them. And the pressure to use them is there. Uh, and mm-hmm. Ozymandias creates what he creates. And in the comic books, completely different than what it is in the movie. But I think what they adjusted in the movie absolutely fucking works. Uh, and so it kind of really kind of hammers home this idea of how dangerous the Cold War actually was, how close we actually came on a number of occasions uh, to this happening. Uh, and um, it's never far away from whatever the overall story is about superheroes. And then mm-hmm. you find out that the mystery of the movie is tied in to the Cold War situation. I think that's even more uh, well done by the movie as well. And people could bang it. Yeah. And people would ding it rather if they want. And of course, there's Zack Snyder haters out there who are not going to like, but the extended version, the director's cut really hammers that point home more effectively. Um, and, it, and it's got some great performances throughout that whole fucking movie, man. It's Jeffrey, dude. Yeah. It's so, I mean, it's impressive to look at mm-hmm. the Dr. Manhattan stuff. I don't know oh. how you got to the thought process as a process of rendering that, like, here's the idea. Here's how I think we can do it and getting it back. I can't imagine how excited, Snyder was when whoever did the CGI for it sent over their early concepts for oh. Dr. Manhattan. They're like, Oh my God, this looks amazing. This is exactly because when you see it, you're like, this is one of the best characters you're ever going to see in a comic book movie. Um, yeah. And it took, you know, I was a late comer to, to Watchmen because uh, I'd stopped reading comics long before they shifted most of their names to graphic novels. <laughs> Uh, you know, anything that's extra serious, which makes sense. This isn't kid shit. I get what you're saying. Please, Mr. Nost, it is a graphic novel. Yeah, I that term didn't exist to me. Like, I heard it by the time these things existed. But right, right, right. when I was a kid, they were all comic books. Yep, they're just comic books. Some were just more serious than others, but they were all yeah. comic books. Yeah. You know, but I, I get why you would potentially want to make a distinction. Uh, but I, it's as close as you're going to get to the source material, the director's cut, is I think is genuinely possible. That thing is really fucking long and complex with a bunch of different layers and intersecting storylines and a lot of character development. How the fuck do you fit in the backstories of all these individuals and still make yeah. it yeah. a watchable thing? And to trim where he did, I think, yeah, the theatrical is, <laughs> it's boring. 
Yeah, it 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 seems uh, like that one dis- seems long jointed. Yeah, that one because it's it's because you're right because it's boring. It's disjointed. Yeah. It's not as connected, uh, and you just wonder why they made any mm-hmm. of those cuts. Obviously, for time, but if you're going to adapt a graphic novel like Watchmen, why you thought you could do it in two hours or two and a half hours is fucking beyond me, man. It's a I, massive opus, you know. Yeah, it's a huge piece. Yeah, or split it into two. Yeah. Um, yeah. But who knows if there would have been enough demand. Plus, I can't think of where a cliffhanger would be to pull you in for a second. It's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe either. when like Rorschach goes to prison and yeah. it's like everything's kind of falling apart at that point. So then you have them getting him out and whatnot after. I don't know. But yeah. would that be satisfying enough? It's a good question. Uh, You're not stuck in anyway. here with me. That's I'm not one of the best. With you. That's so good, right? Oh, yeah. God, it's so just like the Chris Paul thing earlier. How <laughs> has that never existed in cinema before now? That is amazingly simple, and it tells you everything you need to know about the character and now the mentality of pretty much everybody else in this cafeteria. Yeah, <laughs> and, and what they're in for. Yeah, yeah they already fear him because of what his past is, but they can you strip away the facade, and it's just a man. And then right. you hear this man, like a silverback, you know, just ape at you like you're right here with me you're like oh, oh my god i don't want to visualize like a past trauma and then take that out of my genitals <laughs> <laughs> so, i can't believe this is the first time we've ever seen uh, this it's amazing <laughs> yeah i mean another part of last night was uh doc, i tweeted out uh, what mark jackson said and I, maybe you've heard it before but i had never heard it before when he said it's a whole other situation when the rabbit has the gun and I was like, I just fucking lost it. And that was his uh, response to Patrick De- Beverly pushing Chris Paul out of frustration because they've yeah. been jawing with Chris Paul the whole time, and and Phoenix hadn't been in the in the, you know in the for ten years they hadn't been in the uh, contention hey, for. Bad Ben has been talking so, shit since they got Kawhi. He was talking shit before that too, but that's true. He that's amped true. it up since they got Kawhi. Yeah, of course he's got you know. The, the uh, but anyway, that, yeah, so yeah, when you hear, see that stuff in that moment with him, it's just and Jackie O'Haley, I think, was brought back into the Haley sons for to do this role, like everything yeah. else. Little children, he's fantastic, of course, and he's uh, uh um, uh, damn good in the uh, Freddy the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, even though the remake itself is not that great, he's good in it. But this role was the reason why I think universally he was brought back to be uh, an actor again. And he's just stellar, stellar. Yeah, he is. God damn, he's good. in Even the end moment with him and Manhattan, when he's screaming at him to do it, it is from a place of genuine, like what the fuck have I done with my life? Trying to fight these little crimes to make the world a better place. When someone this powerful can absolutely render his will on the world. And so mm-hmm. you just see that all in his frustration when he's telling him to to, to essentially kill him. So, oh, so good. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> I heard the that reason that song. line is so cliche now, but it's the yeah. God's honest truth. It's true. I heard just because song. you have the ability and power to do that does not mean you should. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then when, uh, when do you impose your morality onto it? It opens up a whole can of worms, philosophically speaking. Absolutely. Uh, uh, so shove it, uh, Rorschach. Uh, <laughs> what was that, your uh, Jeff Goldblum? Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> he was talking. 
think that there's a great screen cap of a camera was I saw it on Twitter, but mm-hmm. somebody had screen capped another conversation or something and they were responding to it of how great Jeff Goldblum is. And he's like, I met him at a party once. This guy wasn't name dropping. He was just adding mm-hmm. to and he got introduced to him and Jeff Goldblum was like, of course it is. Like, whatever it is, meet John Roca. And he's like, of course it's John Roca. <laughs> or like, you know him from so-and-so. Of course I do. And the guy was like, I was on cloud nine. Of course. And then I, I saw that as soon as he got turned and introduced to somebody else, he did the exact same thing of, here's Tiffany Smith. You know her from Broom. Of course I do. We met at that. It just gets prompted and says the same thing over. It just went through and everybody loved him. That's uh, how and I I'm not, it. The shit on him. It's a great way to go. Of course. It makes the person feel yeah. special. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Jeff Goldblum experience. That's what they should call it. <laughs> yeah. At this point, the eccentricities be kind of became uh, man. Yeah. Uh, all right. So then uh, that's your five. That was my four. So my five is... Uh, Kind of the punt from earlier for Matt, the Rambo First Blood Part Two. Okay, uh, because you have those Soviet uh, general. Yes, it's in Vietnam. Yes, they're saving POWs, but the big burly Russian dude or Soviet dude, and the of course the guy who's the villain in Beverly Hills Cop. He plays the villain in this one as well as a as a Soviet general who is uh, trying to capture and torture um, um, Rambo. And then you find out that, you know, Charles Napier sold him out too. So it's a double cross. It's, 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 it's a, a, a double cross within a double cross between Soviets and Americans and Rambo is caught in the middle. Uh, and it's uh, still a damn good eighties action film. Is it cheesy? Does it uh, have moments where you're like, Oh yes, but I still take it uh, as a cold war action movie in my top five. For sure. I, I chose three just because I have more of an attachment to that one over two. Mm. Simply because the the through and through shot on his lower abdomen that he takes that arrow and he puts the gunpowder into oh. it and lights it and it cauterizes the wound. I remember seeing that a kid, as a kid and that's never left my head. I can still oh. visualize that scene. Well, you just said something, Matt, a couple of minutes, this idea of like, how come I never saw that before? I felt that same feeling when he did that, how come I've never seen that in a movie before or even thought that was a possibility before the far away shot and the flame coming out of both sides of his oh, body. Yeah. You're just like, ah! and then to find out why you do that. Yeah. There's actual like, yes, I don't know about this extreme. I, I need to consult a doctor on that one, but it's always stuck out with me. And then how cartoonish uh, the villain was. Oh yeah. yeah like yeah. what the guy in the helicopter. Oh. <laughs> and it's just Rambo with his bow and arrow. I even love the setup. He's like in Nepal or Tibet or somewhere. Tibet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tibet, there you go. Building monasteries. <laughs> you know, not getting paid for it, just there because the world is too crazy. Yeah. And he is retired to here, and apparently he goes to somewhere else and does like this martial arts fighting, and the money he wins from that, he donates back to the monastery. So it's basically... It's a save the cat moment on top of another save the cat moment. And then his former commander comes strolling into this small Tibetan town. And I loved it as a kid. It's like, what are the chances he fucking finds them? <laughs> it's not like it's now where if you turn on a phone, use a credit card, it's easier to track somebody. Of course. You disappeared at a, a Tibet. I don't know how the hell you find them in 1980, whatever it is. 
Uh, oh, sorry. He, sorry, he's in Bangkok. Sorry, I'm looking. He's in Bangkok. That's what he's doing. He's but does, uh, doesn't know. I think he like, lives somewhere else. All right. No, no, no. Bangkok yeah. is not in Tibet. Yes, in Thailand, right? So, yeah. <laughs> That's right. What's the capital of Thailand? Then? Although I've never seen that joke actually done. I've only heard about it. Uh, remember when Charlie Sheen did a, the parody of it in Hot Shots Part 2 where he's dipping his wrapped up bandages? Uh, or the first one. I can't remember if it was the first one or the second one where he's dipping his bandages in like caramel and, and gummy oh, bears. And nuts. And nuts. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I guess it's been so long. I guess in the Rambo three one, he's dipping like broken glass or whatever. And to I don't. The- I remember the the Jean Claude Van Damme Ooh. movie where he does that kickboxer. Yeah, I think it was like kickboxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where they roll it in the glass on those. I don't remember it in three. Totally Maybe could do not. it. Maybe it's that's not, not what sticks out in my head. It's all the fighting in Afghanistan. Him with yeah. a bow and arrow against a helicopter, like a really vicious looking attack helicopter. Yeah, a villain that looks like he should be in Street Fighter. Um. Yeah. It's all the over-the-top 80s elements of that aspect of it. But I could swear he's like he's building a fucking church yeah. or whatever the hell it is. Oh, you know, that, that villain, the Soviet colonel, he died. Mm-hmm. I remember reading this story. He died in the mid-90s uh, in Paris. Um, apparently, he had forgot his keys and locked himself out of his house. So he climbed up to the second floor of his house. And before he could get in, he slipped and fell back and hit his head on the ground. And he died from uh, that situation. He died from that hit on the head on the ground. I mean, how fucked up is that, dude? He's French. He's not even Russian or Soviet. He's French. And that's, the, yeah. It's 20, 20, 22 feet. Maybe. He's yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if you land on your head on a hard surface from 20 feet, yes. Yeah. You're right. toast. Yeah. Um. <sighs> Well, that sucks. That is a weird way to go out. Right? I'm going to get my keys in. Ah! Oh, it's a shame. Such a shame. Um, but yeah, there you go. Didn't mean to, to end on a downer, man. Just saying. You know. No, I'm now I'm just visualizing that dude tumbling from a second story window. <laughs> Kurt Wood Smith is in this one, too. Oh, wow. Totally yeah. forgot about that. But that was in Wait. that streak of like, I didn't know he was in RoboCop until... I saw that 70s show and then yeah. pieced it together after the fact. Like, oh, you know, been seeing him for years. Didn't even know it. Like you do, but you don't. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. The director, that was his first film as a director. Um, Peter McDonald. Then he did Mo Money. Which I saw in the theater. <laughs> then Legionnaire, which is the Jean-Claude Van Damme one, I think. I have not seen that one. I know it exists. I remember seeing it around. I've never seen it. Dude, this guy was a camera operator back in the 70s for like Cabaret, Murder on Superman the movie. And then and then for the last few years, he's been a second unit director on the Harry Potter films, The Golden Compass, and X-Men Origins Wolverine. So I guess he's like he's like AJ. He's gotta be around he's the business. Still working. Man. Yeah, gotta be around the business. Peter McDonald. Gotta love it. Um, all right. Where are we at? Are we at your four? Uh, yeah, my four. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Iron Giant. That's my three. Oh, man. It's, Please take it. Yeah. Away, great, great movie, but it's all about the, I mean, it is the height of early Cold War because it's space race stuff. Yeah. 
is where the scare comes in. And the Russians beat us up there with Sputnik. And then they're going to beat us up there with Yuri Gagarin. And then they're going to beat us up there. Well, we fucking got to the moon, guys. (laughs) We got to the moon. (laughs) That's kind of all we ever bring up here. It's not first to space. Right. It's not either that. Be like, you know, we got to the moon first. Which of the achievements, I got to say, I think moon is the most impressive. I agree. The the amount of And I'm not just saying that as an American, but to say to land, to you know, putts around on the surface of a celestial body. That's yeah, it's really a, a feat. So suck it, Mother Russia. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a really. I wish I'd seen it in the theater. I didn't see it until I, it was on DVD later on because it, oh, I well. assumed it was a kids' movie. Mm. Uh, I knew very little about it, and then uh, over a Christmas one year, I was watching it with. Uh, my nephews and niece mm-hmm. and just fell in love with it. I mean, I love the animation style. Uh, yeah. It's got the right blend. Cause it's also like early within the, the fifties ish. I, I would assume that's late fifties is probably okay. the setting of the movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is a guess. But to when all kids were in love with uh, everything space and yeah. robots and outer space and all that. And then to get that into your life, to manifest that dream uh, and something that was potentially a murder bot before, but because it's got this little lump in its head, it's kind of reconfigured itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought about doing another robot movie where it got mm. reconfigured mm-hmm. through electrical force, but I was like, how much action is there really? Yeah. It's a good question. Yeah. And yeah, that was one of the five. I'm like, yeah, but that's kind of bullshit. Right. K19 beat it. But anyway, uh, what, what do you, Iron yeah. Giant. Give me yeah, your I mean, talk to me. I mean, what are you going to say? First of all, it's Vin Diesel doing the voice, which is pretty incredible. Harry Connick Jr. doing a nice job. Jennifer Aniston doing a nice job. But more than anything else, it's the it's the boy and his dog aspect of it all that is really mm-hmm. touching. Wreck-It Ralph kind of took that moment from him at the end of Wreck-It Ralph. It's very similar to, uh, to the Iron Giant, him saying Superman before he takes off. I mean, it is such a, a devastatingly powerful animated film. Uh, for so many reasons. And you're right, Matt, you could easily dismiss it as a kid's film. But if you're an adult and you watch it, the Soviet uh, American Cold War paranoia oh, yeah. kind of puts you into that frame of mind. How's a nine year old kid or eight year old kid going to get that? Now, it's about like you're seeing adults fighting over something, but it's the connection to the Iron Giant, who is this thing that came out of nowhere that fell out of space and people immediately are afraid of it. And of course, it has, it's lessons about the about othering things, about othering people, and about you know allowing your fears and your worries to overcome your normal judgment of a situation uh, and heighten your reactions to everything and what it can lead to, right? And then you have someone in charge who's desperately uh, uh, afraid or worried, and uh, you know sets off the possibility of nuclear war because of his own uh, unchecked fear. And so that's yep. all of it. And then you get the, the incredible relationship between the Iron Giant and the kid and the conversations they have and all of that. And so, of course, many, many films have kind of copied or, or have done that rather before and after, of course. But uh, it's got this one has just kind of that extra sweetness to it that makes it, it uh, great. So, yeah. yeah. It's another, you know, um, kind of, I have to use the phrase again, feather in the cap of uh, uh, Brad Bird. Yeah, right. Where it's like, you're going to, you know, oh, it's not just a, the Pixar machine. Like, this guy did this over here, and it's a 
really indelible piece of art. Right. Uh, all right. So that was my four, your three. Yep. My three. Yep. And we just what? did your four. Yeah. Watchmen. Okay. So, so then my three? three is the punt from you earlier. Atomic blonde. Oh, wow. That high. Okay, sure. Go ahead. My man. Well, just, it is the boots on the ground aspect of a lot of the cold war. What we assume. Yeah. You know what I mean? The meat and potatoes espionage type of thing. Um, yeah. But it has enough action to not just be the psychological of a couple others that are great Cold War films, but there's no action. It's right. just the taut suspense of will I get caught, or will we catch them, or will we not? Yeah. But yeah. it's more about mind games. And like, it's really tough for me to call this an action film. Whereas Atomic Blonde has the blend of uh, two. It's not as much of the cat and mouse, but there is still that because it's a spy movie. And then those fight scenes, but I mean, the, the one that, is the best in it, in my opinion, which is everybody yeah. else's. I would imagine. I don't know, but between the just that her and that other guy, and as they slowly get exhausted, they live style, and it yeah. slows down. But you can tell it's a fight to the fucking death. Oh and my god! With, with each lunge, they're both predators lashing out at one another, and it's mm -hmm. it's beautifully builds as the pace slows. Yeah, it's fantastic. I think for me, the dings are some of the John Goodman stuff, um, and then okay. like. The, like the stuff with Sylvia Battelle, I get it why they did it, but it still kind of a little bit takes away. But overall, this is a a fucking incredible performance from Charlize Theron. Like this is just just balls out, uh, 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 incredible. I, I wish I could kind of find oh. another word. Uh, yeah. It's just great, just so great, man. And she commands the screen and commands the scene and every scene that she's in. The fact that she's playing multiple sides of this whole thing when it's all laid out in that, in those final few scenes, you're just like, Holy shit. And she's so great at doing it. So yeah, I mean, yeah, the fight scene in the hallway, but also the fight scene in the room uh, where she kind of jettisons out of there uh, on the cord and jumps out of there and confronts those guys on the ground as well. It's just all kinds oh, of yeah. great stuff that she does throughout. Slowly, the well, the, that's I mean, that whole sequence of events. Yeah. Right yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, and McAvoy is great too. McAvoy, that's you rarely see McAvoy. I mean, that film and Split are the films where you see McAvoy get a little more of the freak flag out there and have a little fun playing these really unsettling characters uh, who you don't oh, know what that, they're going to do. Was that one where um, he plays a kind of scumbag police officer? Oh, set in know. Scotland, I believe. That one's good. Okay. Um, he's a guy who just he's out womanizing on top of. Uh, being a cop and whatnot, and it has like a wink towards the camera, so you don't hate him. Okay, is that the um, one with Tilda Swinton, all about Adam or something like that, or no? Is that a different one? No, nah, I think it sounds like a di okay. different one. Hold on, let me okay. look it up. Interesting. Oh uh, yeah, there we go. Let's see. James McAvoy got it up on IMDb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, filth! Is that what it's called? Filth? Yeah, filth. Boom. Ah, nice okay. A corrupt junkie cop with bipolar disorder attempts to manipulate his way through a promotion in order to win back his wife and daughter while also fighting his own inner demons. Hoo, hoo, hoo. This sounds good. Yeah, he's a scumbag, but like a lovable scumbag. But you don't want him to succeed, but you kind of do. Wow. Shit, there's a lot of people in this film. Jim Broadbent. It's got a million like small. They come in for a couple scenes or this or 
technically this is the, his partner, but that, you know, he's kind of yeah. off on his own quite a bit. Wow. Uh, okay. Phil totally forgot the title of that. Good movie though. She is. Uh, oh yeah. And, and his sister's in this joy. McAvoy is in this as hmm. well. Interesting. Okay. Oh, well, maybe I'll check it out, brother. You know, I love a good British film. Uh, or Irish film or Scottish film. So I'll, uh, yeah, I'll it's it either Irish or Scottish, but I want to say it's Scottish. Okay. Could be wrong though. And uh, Ireland, you can mail your insults to <laughs> one, three, four. I'm yes. not fucking listening. Boulevard. Yeah. Los Angeles, California. Tough place to find. Tough place. Nine one. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. There you yep. go. There you go. Uh, uh, <laughs> so right. that was my three year whatever it was yep and my three was iron giant uh so what's your two my two now is rocky four <laughs> i mean if it counts it, it fucking counts Ew. all right it counts do it it counts right. to me right. i mean if we're saying it's an action movie then hey it, it counts it only gets surpassed for me it helped end communism he's well, fighting end- a soviet russian or soviet in the fight that's action it, I, it's my number two. Yeah, I have it higher than you do, so I don't know. I'm why just you're saying, yelling if people are compl- I'm not yelling. I'm thinking people might be going, "This is bullshit." I'm just anticipating some people not liking that we put it uh, where we put it on our lists. But go ahead. Oh, I, go I, ahead. I don't care. Look, this ended communism <laughs> in right. Soviet Russia. This movie, right. they saw it over there, and you're like, you know what? I can't change. What well, upside can change? We can. I can't change. change. This yes. Gorbachev stand-in that gives him the standing O. That's me. So we stand up as a people together like connect. <laughs> in salute of the great Sylvester Stallone. The guy's like iron. And I think we can piece, all see that. Piece of iron. Uh, what do you think of this um, director's cut that's coming, man? I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. I, I don't understand. And they're taking out the robot. They're taking out the robot, Matt. That's a ding, in my opinion. That's a ding oh, it is. against it. Does the robot actually add anything to the movie? No, not at all. But it's a nice time capsule. It adds humor to the movie. It really does. Well, I mean, I guess the, with Polly, it's himself a little bit. So I'm saying it ain't Rocky making the jokes. It's Polly. He's always been comic relief. Yeah, and, but I also think robot. it speaks to the the largesse of potentially capitalistic society. And right. he has all the money. So now he's going out and buying these things that really do a whole lot of nothing just because he could spend the money. Right. And it helps him eventually kind of reconnect with his blue collar roots. Why he has to go to Russia to train right. to leave all that behind. And because he went to the fight now, they take the story in a darker tone in the next one. Like yeah. he suddenly loses all his mind and all his money and everything. It's all gone. Right. seems like a dramatic turn. Um, I would hope it's more so, look what I achieved without all these trappings, and he strips away that when he comes back. Yeah. That, that makes more sense to me. approach, yeah. Yes. As opposed to, let's just make him an idiot again. Yeah. Well, yeah, this isn't flowers for Algernon, you know? <laughs> I mean, they saved it. They redeemed it in the Creed movies. Um, but, yeah, I didn't like the turn either, dude. I didn't think it was authentic. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, well, that movie sucks, too. But like, yeah, Rocky Five, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like he's he's you know Apollo. It starts out with, of course, the aftermath of the fight. 
But then Apollo sees the stuff with uh, with uh, with Ivan Drago, and of course, there's a bunch of shots in his full Russian military outfit or Soviet military outfit, and he wants to be this boxer. And this was right around the just before the time when you know the idea of Soviet boxers coming over the Klitschko's and what have you. Not that they're Russian or Soviet or communist or anything like that, but like the idea of Eastern European, I guess, and Soviet Union or Russian. Uh, boxers coming over and winning titles was still kind of in its infancy so in a way the film was kind of prescient of what's going to be coming and then uh, you know he then he has the fight with apollo that's action um uh, and then <laughs> and then we get to rocky reacting to this and what he's got to do and so his him, you know him fighting with his wife him getting in the car and then him going to russia and training doing multiple montages uh, and then the fight, which is 15 rounds. Yeah. So to me, that's a lot of action. Oh, and he escapes getting caught by the Russian guys and climb up that hill. That's action. Well, they were they were just keeping tabs on him. I don't think they were trying to catch him. And then he runs away so they don't, you know, aren't following him. That's they're not trying to catch him. They're just trying to uh, constantly watch, watch what he's doing at all times. So he, but he escapes their watch is what I would say. Oh, okay. I thought, yeah, I misunderstood. No, no, you were you were right. I'm gonna adjust my. I'll say okay, oh, okay. So they're not trying to catch him, but he escapes their watch at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, nobody That's wants action. to be constantly fucking followed. Exactly. That's action. So if you guys have an issue with it, you can send your complaints to the same address Matt laid out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. don't forget the zip code is nine uh, one. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> or GFY for short. GFY for short. Ja, yep. Well, that's the. I assumed that was understood because you got to get down to five digits. So it's it's like five, five, five. So it's like Klondike five. Uh, (laughs) The postal code. Nine one GFW. Just find that on your rotary, not rotary dial, but your touchpad. And you can, uh, you figure out what the digits are. Fucking rotary. Rotary. I don't know why I came up with rotary. Because we're in Cold War. Because we're talking Cold War. Yep. Nice. Nice save. Yeah, totally. I never, I never lived in a house with one of those. Really? Always had a touch phone. How nice for you. I lived in a house with no remote control. That's how never mind. All right. Anyway. I don't I mean our first remote control was basically like on, off, mm. channel up, channel down, volume. That's, that's it. It just right. it had five buttons on it. So, but I, I was, never had a TV without a friend of mine did. You had to get up and go and like change it manually. Yeah. The doosh, doosh, doosh. I was uh, the remote control in the house. My dad would just go, go change yeah, it. Sure. Get up and go change it. Um. All right, Rocky Four. So I guess is our number one's the same. I hope. Well, we haven't done your two, have we? Oh, my two is the Top Gun, which is the pun from earlier. Oh. Yeah. Wouldn't so. start us off on that. I got to use the restroom real quick. All right, do it, man. Do your thing. Top, top Gun. I mean, of course, 1986 classic film. You know, it's one of my favorite films ever. Period. Bar none. Uh, it does have to do with Soviet Union. You may not think it's a Cold War film, but they're certainly training to take on the Soviet Union in the film and they're, 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 they're fighters and the MiGs. And certainly there's, a, there's a, a confrontation with the MiG at the beginning of the film, which causes this whole thing to happen with Coug- with the Cougar and then with uh, them getting popped up and or moved up to go and can be in the Top Gun uh, school. Uh, and then uh, later on when they're fighting the MiGs later on in the, in the movie. So all of that is uh, the backdrop for this film. So it's a Cold War film. A lot of action in terms of fighter action in the air, certainly. Not so much action on the ground, 
um, you know, unless you want to make a, a joke about some of the actions going on between the couples on the, in the movie. But yeah, that's the overall thing of this film. So uh, anybody who's telling me the Top Gun is not a Cold War action film, you're crazy. Because they literally fight the Soviet Union MiGs at the end of the movie uh, and shoot them down. It isn't a training exercise. They actually shoot down the MiGs at the end of the movie. So that's a Cold War action film to me. Uh yeah, just we don't know the origin of those MiGs. That's why I was like, ah, did they specifically call them like from the Russian government? I saw a red star on the wing, so to me. Yeah, but that could also be Chinese. No, I don't agree with you. I know, I know. I I would assume it's Russian, but it could be Chinese. Still communist, but it's not exactly the same code. That's why I was like, I I mean, yes, they the- are. But do the they MiG, overtly say it? The MiG is designed by the Soviet Union, used by the Soviet Air Force. True, but it's also a fake MiG because MiGs are uh, odd-numbered, and I think this was an even. This was also one of our planes that we just painted black, so it wasn't an actual MiG. That's fair. But in the scope of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know what you mean. The only other countries, India, Croatia, and Romania, we weren't fighting them back in the mid-'80s, so... It's, it's Soviet Union, man. Well, then there you go. That's why I was just like, I went back and forth. It still made my list. Yeah. I also could, the other reason it goes lower for me is I could cut quite a bit of that movie and enjoy it much more. How dare you? How dare every, there's not a wasted scene in that fucking movie. Please. I, won't, I won't have your sacrilege. The recorded love story is one of the most. Uh, it's so we good. We want that this love. to have a real effect. It has no effect. I'm sorry you don't like an old Watch That song won the Oscar. Totally. <laughs> but we're watching two silhouetted people. Yeah. Uh, well, exactly. But that could be any two individuals. It's so them. Just, okay. What's wrong with you? Okay. I, well, then show me sexual chemistry. Don't show me. The made up, uh, it's a reference you won't, I doubt you would get. Uh, Upright Citizens Brigade, if you ever watched oh. them on Comedy Central back in the day. I did not. Never mind. Okay. Uh, that's where. So it's by seven. Or now it got bumped down. So it is my eight. All right. Well, to be fair, they had to bring both of them back to shoot that scene after they'd moved on from the movie. So maybe if you're not sensing the chemistry, it's because, um, they hadn't had the time to build up that chemistry again as they got back. I mean, but I think it's nothing wrong. They have it in the elevator. Yeah. They and do. they have it in the classroom. Yes. And when they're, and then out we there, get to when she's having the, the, after they've eaten and they're sitting out there talking about sitting on the dock of the bay, the chemistry is there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just when it counts most, I'm forced to look at it through silhouette. I'm not saying I want to see graphic detail or something, but I would like to see, the tension that's been building. Right. I'd like to see the fruition of that to some degree, as opposed to apparently we turn into Kabuki theater for children. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. I think that's the silhouetted Japanese theater. I'm not sure. I think it's Kabuki. Uh, or is that the one with the over the top makeup? Yes. Is that that's Kabuki? Kabuki. That's Kabuki. So then what is the one that's silhouetted? I don't know. I really don't okay. Know. I'm going to look that up. Okay. Why don't you look that up? 
But the reason there was silhouetted is because his hair had changed and her hair had changed. So they, because they were on doing other movies. So they had to kind of make some adjustments. They didn't want the camera to be too close. So that's why it happens, man. They like the mustache. So it's both? It's Kabuki. Both? Okay. All right. Let's move on from it, shall we? Sure. All right. Number one, I'm sure it's Uh, it's Hunt, Hunt for Red October. Agreed. Hunt for it. No brainer. Easiest number one in the history. Numerous times. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, love it. It's one of anything my favorite. Anything to movies. add to that? Anything to add to that? To, to Hunt? If you've never seen it, do yourself a favor. Mm. It's fantastic. It is. It's got uh, it's the best distillation of a Tom Clancy movie. Yes. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else there is to say about it. We both love it. We both watch it. We do. Uh, it's a great exploration of what was happening at the time. Uh, and like Matt said, Clancy, uh, it's a great interpretation of Clancy. I think it's the best of the Clancy films, period. Bar none. Yeah. Uh, not even close. Baldwin is so damn good. Connery is so damn good. And you get a young, younger Tim Curry. Uh, Sam Neill, still at the beginning of his career. Stellan Skarsgård, still at the beginning of his career. Um. And you see the process of what's going on in the 80s. In this whole situation, how dangerous it was and how much trepidation there was between the United States and the Soviet Union that somebody would come, one side would come up with a weapon that would absolutely eliminate the possibility of the detente and put one at a superior advantage over the other. And that Caterpillar Drive certainly was uh, an example of that. Yeah, would have been. You can park that many... ICBMs off the coast of another country and they have no idea that you're there. That's dangerous. Uh, stuff. Yeah. And then excellent performances by a bunch of uh, great actors. And I love the, the contrivance to get out of subtitles. Yes. Slowly zooming in on the lips of the individual and then yeah. boom, hits the English and pans back out. And now we're not going to deal with subtitles for the rest of this movie. Yeah. Uh, it's a beautiful way to get around and go. It's like perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. Good twists and turns and some legitimately great um, moments of interaction between the characters. Certainly that moment where near the end where Connery's out there on, uh, you know, atop the submarine with Baldwin and they're having that conversation about why he did what he oh, did. At the very end. Yeah. Such a great conversation, you know? And all the stuff with James Earl Jones, fantastic. Um, all right, there it is. There's right. our number one. Yeah. I'm going to grab the Bogos and we'll do the reveal here. So Let's watch it on YouTube channel. Go to the YouTube it. channel and watch it. Let's see. We had, I would assume, right. before now, jumps. And after that, so Top Gun is 2.8. Tom Blonde is 3.7? Uh, yeah, I had a Tom Blonde at 7, yes. All right, so then Top Gun is 2.8. 2.8 would be 3.7. Otherwise, yes. we have Iron Giant at 3.4. I think 3.4 uh, wins. Yeah, 3.4 would win, I think, over 2.8 or 3.7. Or yeah, I would agree with that. All right, so then Top Gun in four spots, Atomic Blonde in the five. Uh, Watchmen next? Yeah, I got that at four. Okay. Uh, 
Watchmen, and then we both have red. So we're at number seven. We got four spots left. Okay. Oh, yeah. We could do the combo Rambos. Yeah, that works. On Rambos. And then say Red Heat, since we both have that. And then what else you got? So we've got Hunt for Red October on there, Top Gun on there, Iron Giant on there, Watchmen on there, Rambo, Rocky Four, Atomic Blonde. Uh, so then my and then red heat. So then my next one is the package. That was my number eight. What do you have? Okay, so my six is X Men First Class. Okay, so both those. And films my make? seven is Living Daylights. Oh, great! There we go. Done. We got him. Okay. We got him. All right. Let's uh, reveal the well. First, let me read. Uh, this is from Jay Golden Eyes. He said, to the top 10 show, love you guys. Thanks for the entertainment. Can't wait to see you live and in person soon from Juan Reyes, Jay Golden Eyes. So thank you, Jay. Appreciate it. Uh, You were very kind to send these. uh, The hip-hop bongo drums or hip bongo drums there. So let's do a little bit of an unboxing, Matt. They will get 5 million viewers for the unboxing here. Um, Oh. It's our first ever. It's our first bongos unboxing video. Here you go. There's going to do huge numbers on YouTube for huge us. Numbers. Uh, so there Look it at is. Those. There it is. Oh, and it comes Brand with a strap, new. so it really is hip. So I think you should put the strap on and do this standing. What? I'm not going to do this standing. Come on. <laughs> get into get into it. You know, you just got that little, you got the bongos up. You can adjust the height. No, no. We're good. Um, all right. These are it. These are it. I wanted the red ones. I asked him for the red ones, but he sent these, but still they're, they're, because these are exactly the ones we had before in terms of look. So, but, uh, they're fantastic and they smell really, really good. So, all right. Oh, Did you say they oh, smell yeah. really good. Yeah. Huh? What's a bongo smell like? Got a nice smell together. Kind of like Corinthian leather is Ricardo Baltimore. Oh, it's a classy bongo. Smooth Corinthian leather. Um, all right, let's do this thing. The top 10 Cold War action movies. Yeah. Ooh, at number 10. The Living Daylights. At number nine. X-Men First Class. At number eight. Red Heat. At number seven. Rambos two and three. At number six. Is the Watchmen at number five? Atomic Blonde at number four? Top Gun at number three? Iron Giant at number two? Rocky Four and our number one Cold War action movie is The Hunt for Red October. There you go. <laughs> By way of Scotland. Thank you so much. Everybody, thank you, Jake Golden Eyes, for the bongos. Yeah, thank you so much, man. Those look like great bongos, so thank you. Atlanta's own. Hmm. Good luck to your Hawks tonight if you're a Hawks fan, buddy. If you're not, well, good luck to Atlanta. (laughs) Uh, We Uh, get a two-year extended warranty on this product. So if it it breaks again, uh, we will have a a replacement. So thank you very much, Jay Golden Eyes, and thank you to the company. I will save the... Case it's ever an issue. Um, all right, Matt. What else do we got to say here at the end? I don't think uh, anything else. I think that covered it for okay. today. So, thank you. Very um, much. That's it. Next week there'll be another uh, live show. So join us on that if you're a patron member. 
And yeah. uh, you'll get the the link the night before, and we do it at noon Pacific Standard Time on Thursday. So it'll be next Thursday at noon PST, right. 12 p.m. Uh, so hit us up. Come join us. Join us in the chat. It's always nice to see uh, everybody that comes. It's a lot of fun. And yep. I think that's it for me this week. You can follow me at Matt Nost. Uh, please check out uh, my other shows, Settle the Score and uh, Dropping Dimes. And follow the show at Top 10 Show or over on Instagram and uh, YouTube. It's forward slash the Top 10 Podcast with the number 10. There you go. Uh, please, you can follow me at The Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram. Head on over to my YouTube channel as well, youtube.com slash John Roca Says. See all the stuff we got going on, the Outlaw Nation channel. That's what it is. So much entertainment content there for you all to enjoy. But I'm also now on Twitch. So if you want to follow me on Twitch, The Outlaw Nation, just go follow me on Twitch there and see all the stuff I'm doing on Twitch as well. Um, I think that's everything. All right, everybody, be well. Take care of yourselves. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you next time on another brand new episode of the Top 10 Show. Ooh.